what? It's Wednesday. It's the Percy and Face podcast. We got a, a good one planned tonight. We got a special guest, a really special guest, uh, especially for me. Uh, it's Drew Miner. It's the son of one of my best friends, Kirk Miner. And Drew is a graphic artist, I would like to say, not a graphic designer. And originally we wanted to talk about 70s rock album covers. And we're like, how do you talk about that? So we're going to submit our best 70s rock album covers to our Facebook page and get that flooded. But instead, tonight, we're going to uh, talk about best jam band albums. And this is going to be absolutely great for our playlist, by the way, because we'll put the whole albums on the playlist. And he's here with... uh, one of my best friends, if not my best friend, Kirk Miner, who is now our official manager. So he's going to be handling promo and and all sorts of things for us. And uh, Drew will actually start doing some of our graphic design, and we're excited. And uh, Drew, why don't you tell me um, a little bit about yourself? I know that you do freelance graphic design. Uh, your website is uh, uh, dmdesign.net. Okay, good stuff. And went to JSU for a bit. You've done some great work. I've seen your work. It's absolutely fabulous. Oh, thank you. It's, it's, I mean, it's over the top, and this is why I was excited to get Drew on here. Um, what made you want to be a graphic designer? Uh, well, I, w- I would say uh, ever since I was a kid, I've always been into art and albums. Um, I got introduced to it uh, by my dad when I was young. Um, Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, things of that nature, and I really liked that particular art style. And I wanted to kind of bring that old retro flair into the modern design realm. Yeah. And and keep those design principles. And I just saw that that was something that a lot of designs and artists were kind of getting away from. And I just wanted to kind of keep that tradition alive. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because we've had conversations before about album art now and the non-existence of album art now versus album art then and graphic design then versus graphic design now. So I think it's really neat that you're trying to bring that retro look back. Um, So what are some of the companies or clients that you've done design for? Uh, Well, I wouldn't say I've done anything for anybody super major yet. That's a goal of mine on down the road. But um, I like getting these little startup companies, especially like uh, either fashion or street-oriented companies that are into retro-type things. So I first started in Huntsville with a store. It was originally called Lydia Tire. And I would go in there. They had cool old sports stuff, posters, just collectibles and stuff like that. And uh, they, I just looked at their logo. And this was probably after a semester of graphic design school. And I, I looked at their logo, and I just thought that it wouldn't, the name wasn't catchy. It didn't have a really good logo. And so I just went home one day, and they did a lot of, like I said, retro sports things. And we used to have a sports team in Huntsville called the Huntsville Stars. Absolutely. Um, McGuire played for them. Oh, yeah. There's some big names that played. Yeah, yeah. Big, big, big as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I just went home, and I kind of knew the owner through Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. And we had sparked up some conversations. So um, since the Stars had left and they had a lot of, of Stars-related things in there, I was like, wouldn't it be cool to kind of do like a parody design? And wow. 
and do something more related to Huntsville because I don't know Lydia Tire it, it wasn't that good of a name just in my opinion yeah but so I, I just worked on that learning what I learned in college um, took it into Illustrator and I just reached out to them and they loved the logo so um, they've been using it ever since and so that's how I got started um, and then from there on I started uh, getting uh, in cahoots with a lot of other people that worked with Huntsville Vintage slash Lydia Tire um, then I was able to uh, help uh, the owner of Huntsville Vintage do a new store in Tuscaloosa called Alabama Vintage um, and that's more oriented towards Alabama and sports related things and um, you know I just started doing that um, and then from there I just started getting a lot of other job offerings around Tuscaloosa little stores trying to start up then into Birmingham and uh, you know it just kept growing from there and my following was growing on Instagram and the word was getting spread around and uh, I, I thought it'd be a great way to make money doing freelance work and get my work out there, meet more people. And it's just been taken off ever since. And Yeah, it's really taken off. And yeah, I love your work. I love your website. And I'm going to tell anybody out there listening that if you need a graphic designer that has really great and cool ideas, then check out DM design.net. Oh, thank so you, Mike. if you had an ultimate design job, what would it be? Um, like I said, I got a lot of my, I guess, inspiration or calling in art through album covers. So I would really like to do an album cover one day. Um, I and, wish you would bring that back to people. Oh, yeah. I, and I just think it's a dying art in that yep. sense. Uh, yep. Just album covers back then, they had... I would say a concept behind it, a, a major concept. They were illustrative, they were colorful, they, you know, they had a meaning other than the music. It kind of introduced you to a band or an idea or uh, just a vibe. And I think that that would be my the best thing that I could do. Is there anything that you and your dad look for, anything in particular when y'all go album shopping? Honestly, we're just looking for the classics. Yeah, that's what I, I love the classics, and it doesn't really matter the genre either. Uh, also, I'd probably say rarity. Yeah. Um, I've gotten some pretty rare records over the years. I'd say the rarest one I've got is an original Zeppelin one, still in the original shrink wrap. Uh, I found that one. Uh, wow. I reckon it's worth some money, but uh, haven't opened it. Um, still got it there, but look for rarity, the classics, and you know, just try to expand the our music catalog. You know, maybe if it's a uh, never heard of this band, but but the album cover uh, catches my eye or the name catches my eye, I just right. might grab it just to experiment with it and you try know, it out. You know, when Wax has made a comeback um, to some degree, yeah, um, really for retro shoppers, but it, you're starting to see. Uh, new wax presses out. Um, a lot of the so, more modern artists are yeah. pressing vinyl records. I think records. you're on to something, really, because I've got a friend that was a, a DJ and uh, did special DJ spots in Birmingham on one of the major stations down there, and he had a 30-minute slot once a week, and all he did was talk about album art, album cover art, and I was like, what a cool freaking job that would be yeah. just to talk about it. So I hope you bring it back to life because, you know, when, when, you're, when you're shopping for albums, I mean, to me, that's the marketing allure is what does that album cover look like? If it just says, you know, REM and it's black and white, I'm like, you know, that, yeah. but 
you know. Anyway, so maybe, check maybe, us out. Coming maybe up. you'll be the new Henry Diltz. Yeah. I mean, cause, Whoa! I mean, where'd that come from? Because Henry Diltz was, I mean, he was that the was man the back in the day for taking pictures and stuff. Of, yeah, that's no doubt. Well, good luck to you, and um, I, I know you're going to be successful. And um, Well, thank you, Mike. I, I, I hope you get in some gigs where you're doing album cover art because that world needs it right now. Oh, yeah, I, okay. I agree with you, Mike. Yeah, 100%. So are you all ready to get this kicked off? So we're going to do jam bands. To me, it sort of goes in with album cover art. It's the closest thing to, in my book that could. So that's what we're going to do, and it sure has been, I'm going to tell you, it sure has been a lot of fun. Y'all hear that ice maker? It sure has been a lot of fun listening to jam band albums, and I've been doing this. We've been anticipating you for a month, yeah, month and a half longer. or so. Yeah, so it's, it's given us opportunities to listen to jam band albums, and if you, if you got a Sunday afternoon or a Saturday afternoon where you just want to grill out or chill out at home or you're doing some house chores, click on one of these albums we're going to talk about tonight and it just makes the day a whole lot better. Yeah, agreement? But this week has opened my eyes to some live albums that I, I had never listened to and it's, it's just... It's been great for me. Yeah, and Percy and I had sort of a back and forth on should we do studio or live, and we finally said, you, you can't break it down, just let's do both. So you're going to hear live, studio, you know, all the above. So are we ready? We're ready. Yeah. ready for this? We're ready. So we're going to start with honorable mentions. Percy, let me hear what you got, buddy. My first honorable mention is from a, a, a more modern band. And I think they can do anything they wanted to. And it's Blackberry Smoke's Homecoming live at the Tabernacle. Oh, man. Have you ever been to a show at the Tabernacle? No, I have not. They do, with Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown, they do a 15-minute version of Not Fade Away, which is an old Buddy Holly song that essentially every rock band that's ever been has really covered that song. But it's a great version of that that they do on that. I didn't know that. My second one is Government Mew live at the Beacon. And I hadn't been to the Beacon. Have you been to the Beacon? No. I've been to the Tabernacle. And Warren Haynes played with the Allman Brothers. So Absolutely. That's enough. Yeah. He do, they do great. And to me, a jam band is not only the improvising, but they can take somebody else's song at a minute's notice and just... And go with it. And they do a 10-minute version of Fortunate Son, and it's just... It's great. Do you know about this, Drew? No, I don't. Well, I'll uh, later. Yeah, 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 I will. It's great. And my last final mention is the only studio album that I have, and it's the Paul Butterfield Blues Band. Where did he come up with <laughs> their shit? Their, it was their debut album, which was the self-titled Paul Butterfield Blues Band, was in 1965. And they never had the opportunity to really record live music. But if you listen to this album, it's, it sounds like a jam session. I mean, their guitarists were at one time were Elvin Bishop. Mm. 
The next guitarist they had to come through was Mike Bloomfield. And there's a great documentary on Paul Butterfield that talks about his uh, harmonica playing. Okay. And they were a straight-up blues band. So if you don't listen to anything on my list, I wish you would listen to that. Outstanding. Outstanding picks. Yeah. Drew, you ready for your honorable mentions? Yes. Uh, so my first honorable mention is going to be the Dave Matthews Band, Under the Table Dreaming. Yep. It was a great debut album from the day. Well, I wouldn't say debut album. They had an album before, but this was the first that one. That was the breakthrough. It was the breakthrough. Yeah. Um, and it's just a different sound. When you think of, you know, a standard band or a jam band, you think of guitarist, drummer, bass player, singer. Dave Matthews' band doesn't have really any of that. It's, it's different elements to it. you got acoustic guitar, no yeah. electric. You've got a, a violin. Mm -hmm. Then you got horns and drums. Yeah. and a bass player. Um, but it's just got a really uplifting, happy sound, and I just think it's something different out of the grunge area of the 90s, and it's just... Uh, yeah, I think, agreed, yeah. agreed. D to me, DMB sort of brought back popular jam band music in a lot of ways. Yeah. In a lot of ways. It reached a lot of people. Love it. All right. What else you got? I think my second one is going to be Fish's Farmhouse. It I is, knew Fish was going to be in uh, here Yeah, somewhere. Fish's Farmhouse is a, is really good. I wouldn't say that Fish is necessarily my cup of tea when it comes to jam bands. Uh, I think that they're missing some of the uh, electricity, of, say, of like bands like The Dead or The Almond Brothers, but they really have an uplift and, and happy sound. And that's what I kind of look for, you know. If you're going, jam bands are supposed to uplift you. It's yeah. just kind of a chill, relaxed vibe. And Farmhouse is a really good album. It's very good. Okay, I'm gonna check that one out. I mean, I I, I may have listened to it, and I just don't remember it. All right, yeah. you got any others? Um, as far as honorable mentions, I, I wouldn't say so. All right. I think that's gonna be my two honorable mentions. Um, but definitely check those bands out. They're absolutely great. We will. I'm looking forward to listening to that. All right, so it's me. Okay, so my first honorable mention is Blues Traveler. The first album, Blues Traveler by Blues Traveler. Fantastic. It's a studio album. You put that sucker on and sail away. It's great. John Popper can carry on a song for a long time. That whole band got so... I mean, they hit it big with Hook and and uh, Blues Traveler 4, that album. They hit it pretty big with that, but... If you dig back into their original, I mean, that's a great jam band, and that's what they are as a jam band. So I would say my second, and this pains me to say that this is an honorable mention, but when I get into the my top five, you'll, maybe you'll get it, but it's Eat a Peach, Almond Brothers. That spurred on so many Almond Brothers jams in concert uh, and, and later recordings that um, is just fantastic. And Michael, you got anything to add about Eat a Peach, about the whole Dwayne Almond thing? Well, that matter of fact, we talked about the album covers. That was one of my album cover picks. I know yeah. that that's coming off with us, but it's going to be on Facebook. That was one of my album cover picks. Yeah. What is the story behind that? Behind the album cover? Yeah. You got me on that one. I mean, I well, the deal is the 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 myth was Dwayne Allman's wreck, motorcycle wreck, was that he was hit by a peach truck. And they named it. Yeah, they named it Eat a Peach. And I don't know if that's urban legend or myth or whatever. 
or if they're from just because they're from Macon, Georgia, then and Georgia's the beach. And it, I mean, it, it was kind of creepy. That was it. Barry Oakley that had his uh, wreck. It was in the same spot. A couple of blocks away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like a, a block or two away from the same place. So it's it's kind of creepy, I mean. Yeah. So anyway, great album. You can put it on, just start it, end it, and you had a good time. And that's the thing about jam band albums with me is you just start them. You don't, you don't skip. You don't fast forward. You don't rewind. It's but an experience. Sit that. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's a great way to put it. So, my uh, final honorable mention, and this is DMB, but it's live at Red Rocks. That sucker goes on forever. It I does. mean, if you want a three-hour, three and a half-hour experience, put on Dave Matthews Band live at Red Rocks, which I've seen probably eight concerts at Red Rocks, and it's a fabulous place. It is. And, and if you got a jam band playing at Red Rocks, there seems to be a certain aroma in the air when you're there, especially with a jam <laughs> band. But DMB, live at Red Rocks, check it out. I promise it won't disappoint. So, all right, here we are. It's round robin time. And by the way, we got to plug our sponsor, unofficially sponsored by Svedka Vodka. We're waiting for our check. Boom. So let's get down. And by the way, we're sponsored by Anchor. Officially sponsored by Anchor. So, and we're expecting a check any day now. So, Michael, we're starting at number five. We're getting into it. What's your number five? My number five is, this was the, his really breakthrough in America. And that was a Jimi Hendrix experience at the Monterey Pop Festival. Oh, man. You mind melting about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, on this album, he recorded Rock Me Baby, uh, Killing Floor, his version of Wild Thing. Fantastic. That was That's the good. album that just broke him through. And granted, he was high half the time. <laughs> but Jimmy could... Well, what's wrong with that? <laughs> there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But Jimmy could play... And you, he might not stop. He would just keep going and going, because you know the. He was playing in Europe, and he played with Cream one night, and Clapton said, he wanted to just throw his guitar away and not play anymore after he he after he saw Jimmy. He's yeah, like, I heard that. He's like, I can't I, I can't hang with this no more. I'm done. Wow. <laughs> thankfully, Clapton. thankfully he didn't, but. Yeah. I wonder what Jimmy, if Jimmy wouldn't have died, what more goodness we could have got out of him. I've always wondered that. Yeah. I've always wondered that. Yeah. I think he would eventually went into straight blues. I think so, too. Yeah. At at the heart, he was, he loved, of course, most great rock musicians at the heart were. Straight blues. They loved the blues. especially. Yeah, so. That's a good number five. That's my number five. Drew, what's your number five? I'm keeping with the theme of Jimi Hendrix here, but it's not going to be the Jimi Hendrix experience. It's actually going to be Band of Gypsies, uh, live 1970 at the Fillmore East. It is uh, 
you know, Hendricks had just come off Woodstock in 69. It's just an explosive performance, especially the Star Spangled Banner improv. It's one of, I, I wish that was actually the Star Spangled Banner, the official one. Absolutely. I, I would say so. I think in a lot of households it is. <laughs> hey, in mine it is. Yeah. In mine it is. Um, but the the band of gypsies, it was Jimi Hendrix, uh, Billy Cox, and I always forget the name of the drummer, and that that's a shame on me that that's I don't, right. that I don't remember. But um, this was kind of a, I guess, a shifting of the sound of the '60s into the '70s. It's where Jimi was kind of getting away from. I would say psychedelic stuff and more self-examination stuff. So getting into more uh, deeper blues, more introspective stuff. And uh, that version of Machine Gun on that album will just melt your head off. I mean, it is a great album, um, very jam-oriented. Um, it's not like a lot of previous studio albums by Jimi Hendrix where everything's been rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed. It is very, very improv, and uh, it's one of the best. And on a side note, when I mentioned government Mew, they do a live album where they do a great version of machine gun oh yeah machine it's, gun it, yeah. It, it's killer it's a jam right on and there's something about the Fillmore it's like when Man, I go to the <laughs> when I go to the Fillmore I've got to bring it and it, there was just something about the Fillmore how many great jam band albums were made at the Fillmore I mean we're gonna we'll talk about that when we wrap this thing up but it's a uh, lot yeah, east or west. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people stuff. don't know that there's a Fillmore West. Yeah, yeah, east yeah. or west. All right, my number five is Space Wrangler, Widespread Panic. Hey, there you I go. I mean, Panic had to make this list, man. And I'm not a, I don't want to say I'm a Panic fan. I'm a Panic fan, but I'm not a Panic fanatic. Yeah. You know, so there's a difference in someone like me that's like. Yeah, Panic's good. And then there's the whole, you know, it's it's like Deadheads, man. Yeah. It's like Parrotheads with Buffett. <laughs> if you're, if you're a, a WSP fan and Space Wrangler, man, that's a studio album. And I listened to a lot of their um, uh, live albums, but I was like, man, this is just a complete album. It's fantastic. Okay, that's my number five. All right. All right, so getting to number four. Number four, and... We had this talk earlier that I never thought that I gave these guys enough credit, but the Grateful Dead second live album, Skull and Roses. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They oh, do yeah. Mama Tried, Not Fade Away, which we mentioned earlier. It's just, there's a groove in that whole live album. It's, it just oozes jam band when you're listening to it. It does. And it's... It does. You know, in my early days, I was not a dead fan. In my later days, I've become a dead fan. Right I don't on. know what it is. You either catch them early or catch them late, but you end up catching them. Yep, you'll catch them. That's, that's it. All right, that's a good one. All right, so where are we? What number are we? Damn it, Percy, you're supposed to keep up with this. <laughs> number four. Number four. four. Drew. All right, so the next one's going to be another Fillmore East album. And it's going to be live from Fillmore East by the Almond Brothers. Absolutely, that just—I think that took. I think I think that took some cake around here. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I will say that the Almond Brothers have always been a great band, but before this performance, they weren't very known. They were just kind of known in the southeast around uh, around their hometown and stuff yeah. like that. 
and this gave them a lot of exposure. And then uh, they didn't really, also didn't really like doing live recordings. They felt like they couldn't capture that lightning in the bottle energy that you could get from a live performance. And this is good shit, guys. And Listen that to this. that was a double LP that was unheard of at the time. And you, on a double LP, there was only seven songs on wow. four sides for a double LP. Well, that tells I'm, you it's a jam I'm band. intrigued because if that's number four, I can't wait to hear what your number one is. So, what a choice. So, my number four is, and Percy nudged me on this a little bit to listen to it, and I did, and I felt in love. And it's Derek and the Dominoes live at Fillmore East. Telling you, it's not about the billboard. Y'all are stealing my thunder. I mean, <laughs> that you can put that sucker on, and you know they, Derek and Domino's basically did one album, you know, Layla and Assorted Love Songs, but it was great. But uh, then they got in the live at Fillmore East, and there's a few other little more twists in there, and it was absolutely fabulous. It was, it, like we said, jam band albums are an experience. And that is an experience. And I will challenge you to listen to Layla and Assorted Love Songs, the expanded edition. Because yeah. there's like four or five that's called jams that they do on there. And they are just grooving. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, that's great. All right, yeah. we're down to the nitty gritty. We're, we're at three. At, at three. three. And my number three is Cream Live, Volume 2. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you want to talk about jam bands, I mean, when there's like a 10-minute version of a spoonful, I mean, you got electric. three of the it greatest is. musicians that were ever put together at one time. Well, you got Eric, Jack, and Ginger. Three guys making jams last forever. The world's yeah. first super group. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I can't no argue argument, yeah. No, no argument there. No. And if... Jack and Ginger could have got along for another year. No one could get along with Ginger. No. No. He was, <laughs> no. What a he, dick. He was rock and roll's <laughs> ultimate curmudgeon. I mean. Yeah. But, I mean, it would have been amazing what they could have. Yeah. One of the greatest drummers, but, yeah, the attitude. Yep. All right. Three. All right. All right. Uh, now, my number three is going to be Blues Trevor Live from the Fall. This is an album from 1996, and it highlights all of the fall tour of Blues Traveler. And if you haven't heard this album, it's I'm just so happy that someone else said Blues Traveler. It's, incre it's incredible, and I will say that John Popper is probably the best harmonica player I've ever heard. I think in the world. It, yeah, probably of, all time. probably of all time. The guy had a vest that had, like, no, quit it, Percy. <laughs> it ain't Willie Nelson's harmonica. <laughs> this guy had a vest with, like... 12 harmonicas in it yeah. for whatever he wanted to do. No, he was great. I'm not denying that. He, he was a great harmonica player. But from yeah. the start of that album all the way to the end, I mean, you won't skip a song. It's just, it doesn't stop. It's all gas and it's no breaks. And if you're a fan... Wow, of, it, that's it, a great way to describe yeah. that. So um, if you haven't heard it, Live from the Fall is a very underrated album and is a, it's a must-have if you're uh, looking for a jam band or a jam band album. I'll be checking that out. All right. Well, my number three is American Beauty by The Grateful Dead. Hey. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. That's a studio album. 
but it's complete. That is a complete album. It also marks uh, the transfer of the 60s sound into the 70s sound because the I would I would say the Dead uh, started out a lot more experimental than their later work. I would say I mean experimental in jams, but just really out there psychedelic stuff. And this is more of a traditional. It's almost like a country album almost, where it's more I, country song. It agreed. Man, I, mean, I thought we just had. I mean, we, we got someone on here who knows what he's talking about. The, the Dead had, and I never realized this till here recently. The Dead had so many influences. I mean, they they're singing "Mama Tried" by Merle and "Sing Me Back Home." Uh, they had so many influences when you listen to their live stuff that they didn't get to put in the studio. Yeah, it's just great. It's great, and all the bootlegger tapes that are out there so I understand you've got you and your dad got a bunch of Grateful Dead bootleggers yeah I got a, got a lot of them and, and they're absolutely fantastic and I will say not all of them have the maybe the best audio quality sure. but it's more about the experience of it is that yeah. you, you, you kind of think about well who who recorded this like what's his story you know what's this person in the audience story and you kind of get a better experience that way just thinking about it in a different way what a great introspective that is. Okay, so we're down to two. Number two. I'm going to blow you away with mine. All right, Percy, what you got? Number two for me, and my thunder's already been stolen, is Derek and the Dominoes at Fillmore. I love it when I steal his thunder! When, when you can take a six-minute song and turn it into a 14-minute song and still be captivated. And, you know... They do Little Wing on oh, this live. It's a great song. And Fantastic. They were not going to record Little Wing, but they were in the studio when they got news that Jimmy died. And they're like, well, we've got to do this now. So they do Little Wing. I didn't know that. I, I didn't either. Well, he knows stuff. That's fantastic. All right. It's a good tribute to Jimmy. Yeah. So what you got there, Groovy? All right. For number two is going to be... The song remains the same by Led Zeppelin live at Madison Square Garden. It, it's just there really no words to describe it, and especially if you haven't seen the accompanying movie that goes with yeah, it. I've yeah, seen I mean it, it is a trip. Um, but I would say one of the main highlights of this album is Dazed and Confused. It is thirty minutes long, a thirty minute long you know improvised jam between uh, Robert Plant and Jimmy Page. He goes off on guitar. And ever since I saw that, I fell in love with Jimmy Page and Led Zeppelin, and it well, can't get no better than that. No, but, how can you not love Led Zeppelin? If you don't love Led Zeppelin, then don't listen to us. No. Well, and to me, it goes back to the heart of me is the blues. Yeah. And that's where Well, Led that's Zeppelin, where they got it. I mean, you look the at the blues. Who, the Stones, Zeppelin, they, they got I mean, their... They got their stuff from the Delta. From the blues. Yeah, I mean, from the and, blues. and the Brits saved the blues. Absolutely. The blues did. were dying, and the Brits saved it. They brought it back. They had this great songbook laid out in front of them, and they recognized it, and they said, we'll do that, and we'll come to America. And it's amazing, these bands, Led Zeppelin and Cream, they have never been to the Mississippi Delta, but they can make you feel the blues. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like you it's there. All right, you I there. feel like I need a drum roll for this one. My, uh, thank you, Drew. 
my number two is Abraxas by Santana. Oh, man. Man. And that's one of my album covers, too. So Fantastic she album. She just put that sucker on and sail away. It's a fantastic album. It's not live. It's a studio album. But when you listen to it, you're like, this is all intentions to jam out. Yeah, but absolutely. that's what Carlos did. I mean... So I would I would recommend that to anyone if you want a jam band album, especially coming off the Woodstock performance. So if you haven't heard Santana's Woodstock performance, it comes on Santana One, but it's almost like they never stopped there and just kept recording and they, made a Braxis. They, they made like a decade long uh, jam band yeah. album. If yeah, you could say that. Yeah. So yeah, I love the Braxis. Okay. Man, we down to number one already? Yeah, this has been one. fun. All right. Yeah, Percy? Number one, and my thunder's already been stolen. All right. Well, speak but up. I will hang on this island till the day I die. It's, <laughs> it's the Almond Brothers. It was Dwayne Almond's crowning performance. And it's live at the Fillmore. Yeah. And oh, yeah. strangely enough, my top three albums all have all one thing in common. And it's Tom Dowd was the producer on them. Wow. And Tom Dowd, you know what he was involved with? No. The Manhattan Project. Man, that's weird. (laughs) Damn. He just melted. He was one of the first ones to introduce multi-track recording. You know, you you had the singles and then you started, hey, we can can multi-track the drum and everything else. Oh, that changed music right there. It did. Yeah, and, no doubt. And a lot of those songs were covers, but the Allman Brothers made them their own. Stormy Monday was an old T-Bone Walker song. Done Somebody Wrong was an Elmore James song. Statesboro Blues was a Blind Willie McTell song. Oh, yeah. Was there any uh, Blind Melon Jelly on there? That was Fred Sanford's favorite. No, that was... That was going to be scheduled for the next album, but it never happened. Gotcha. Fair enough. But all I the, want my daddy's records back. <laughs> all the blues covers that they did, and they just made them their own. If you can't listen to that album and just groove and feel something, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I'm sorry. That's solid. I mean, that's, well, that's a well, great album. Dwayne Allman playing Slide will almost make you forget who Elmore James was. Because mm-hmm. Elmore James was the godfather of the slide. And when you listen to Dwayne playing that, you're like, uh, who's Elmore? I don't know who he is. <laughs> yeah, wow. All right, I'm real interested in this. This is your number one? It's my number one, and I, I had a, I'm, I'm probably just going to say two for number one. And that they're, they're both equally good. I couldn't really make a decision on it. Uh, but I would say my number one jam band album is going to be Europe 72 by The Grateful Dead mm. and or Steal Your Face by The Grateful Dead. Mm. I knew you were going to have some dead stuff. So Europe, No, you can't. And uh, Europe 72 is probably the best dead album if you really want to get into the dead and understand their perspective on live performances. You've got over... 18 to 20 shows of different venues in uh, Europe, and um, they're just absolutely fantastic. And there's a lot of improvisations and probably the best version of Morning Dew you'll ever hear live at the Lyceum. And it, 
if you don't like the dead after this album, then the dead's just not for it's, you. The dead is dead. It's dead. Yeah. It's dead. Yeah. Um, but I will also say that Still Your Face is also a great album as well. And it goes along, again, with an accompanying movie, the Grateful Dead movie. And if you've never seen it, it is fantastic. Um, and that movie actually almost bankrupted the dead. Um, wow. It, it, yeah, it cost them a lot of money. I, I, I want to say that they had to make three more albums after this movie or after Still Your Face album and the Grateful Dead movie to even make back the money they lost on it. But it has some of the greatest versions of any song that you'll hear from the dead. It's from their 74 performances um, at, the, at Winterland, and Winterland would close four years later. Um, there's a lot of great jam bands went through Winterland in San Francisco. Um, but it is fantastic, and my favorite version of playing in the band um, is on Still Your Face. But if you've never seen it, watch the movie, listen to those albums, and you will understand the dead completely. I'll also say there is a tighter sound in those albums, because the dead traditionally used two drummers. Right. They have Billy Kreutzman and they have Mickey Hart. Mickey Hart left the band in 71, so throughout the 72 and 74 recordings, it's a lot more tight. So there's not a lot of polyrhythmic. Uh, stuff going on with the drums so it's more for a casual listener that likes blues but is kind of wants to try to get into jam bands or improvisational bands so highly recommend those albums i'm throwing my phone out the window i'm gonna tell you i mean obviously my number one is live at fillmore east by the allman brothers but i'm so impressed with drew this guy turned 21 not too long ago. I got to card him the first time at the bar. You sure did. I did. And uh, uh, our good friend, Doug Stike, Dauber, bought him a bourbon drink. I think I did too. But I'm so impressed with your knowledge. And I think that uh, you came to the table with knowledge and some storylines. You know your stuff. And I'm totally impressed. Well, thank you, We Mike. want you back. Okay. And then... Everyone think about this. A young man with these skills in graphic design that has all this music knowledge. I mean, this was, this was good. And uh, imagine those two things thrown into a cocktail and mixed up, and then you get the finished product. So it's been a great night. You've been Absolutely. fantastic. And uh, look for our stuff. The playlist just got really, really good after Percy gets this on there. Check out for the album covers, and uh, bye-bye.